Next on BYU Sports Nation, the good, the bad, and the ugly of the BYU-Utah rivalry game. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on the impact of a loss to Utah, and if BYU can hang with Wisconsin in the trenches. Plus, first down, Jamal Williams. How did Jay Swag Daddy and the rest of the Cougars in the NFL fare in week one? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B... Here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, wherever and however you're dialed in. It's great to have you with us on Monday, September 11th, a date that we will never forget. In fact, uh, memories of that BYU-Houston game just a few years ago in Provo popping into my mind. Yeah, BYU wore the uh, patriotic helmet, which was awesome. So, yeah, we'll never forget this day, absolutely. Absolutely. And shout out to uh, all those who have served, uh, are serving, and will serve this glorious country that we live in. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. You know, we have some interesting coping mechanisms as humans. And for us on Saturday night, it was, let's talk until a ridiculous hour of the night. With our boys, David Nixon and Brian Logan. And go eat really tasty, fatty, unhealthy food. Yeah, it happened. And I don't regret it one second. They're hungry. It, it, it may have been at a place of questionable rapport previously. <laughs> locally. For BYU. Not the company, but an act or action. <laughs> <laughs> it was there. Yeah, anyways. Oh. Yeah, so we talked it out, and we figured some things out. And we will, we will share those with you coming up, including this. The difference between BYU and Utah on the field Saturday that no one's talking about. Did you not feel better? Most things were equal except for this. We will tell you coming up with that. Like when I was driving home, I felt I had better understanding. Yes. To some degree. Yeah. We talked it out. And it's fun to talk with people who know what they're talking about. I do that every day with you, but also with David and Brian. They have some great insights. Yeah. Well, it's time for our follow up group therapy session today. (sighs) We have too many of these. I know. I know. We've had two weeks in a row with this. I didn't wear a black shirt, though. I forgot that part. Hey, good on you. Maybe that's, maybe that's a good sign of what you're uh, really thinking inside, Jerem. Oh, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I'm over it because I'm emotionally forcing myself to be. Yeah. I can't think about a certain number. Okay, well, you might not be over it after uh, we start with the headlines. <laughs> it's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. The streak continues. Boo! The Utes beat the Cougars 19-13 for a seventh consecutive win in the storied rivalry matchup. The last time BYU beat Utah, 2009. Listen, people, I know it's one-sided right now, but it's still a rivalry. The Cougars continue to struggle offensively. BYU head coach Kalani Sitake, well, he didn't mince words on the matter. It was uh, not good enough, and, and obviously I'm not happy about it, and, and uh, I'm going to fix it, you know, so that's, that's what I have to do. We owe it to our players and our team and our fans to fix this, the issues that we're having on offense. Fix it, Felix. Better get into Provo quick. Now I'm just hearing Kenneth from 30 Rock. Well, well yeah, I'm going to fix the offense. <laughs> 
Cougars in the NFL. Jamal Williams had two carries for nine yards in a game against somebody. I can't remember what happened. Ziggy Ansah <laughs> recorded one tackle in the Detroit Lions victory over the Arizona Cardinals. And Kyle Van Oy received a two-year contract extension with the New England Patriots. Dinner on Kyle yeah. through the 2019 yeah. season. Congratulations to Kyle for that. Uh, very cool. Now, what was funny is on social media, I watched a bunch of Lions fans, like, drown in their own tears. Yeah. Like, Oh, well, so he goes to New England, gets a two-year extension, but we can't get him on the field in Detroit. The girlfriend you broke up with that later <laughs> has great success. You're like, oh, shoot. <laughs> By the way, Jamal Williams, first career first down against that team that Jerem didn't name that may or may not be from the Northwest in a city named Seattle. It's hard to beat Aaron Rodgers with in, my Seahawks. In, in Green Bay? In Green Bay. Oh, goodness. Uh, there were some bogus calls. It doesn't always come down to the calls. Aaron Rodgers was just better. Unfortunately, that's going to cost the Seahawks home field in the NFC Championship game. They're going to have to play at Green Bay now. Oh, Jeremy, you can't drape two guys all over Jimmy Graham in the end zone? Apparently not. It's weird. I call him Jimmer Graham. Yeah. <laughs> BYU women's soccer. Another tie in the rivalry game with Utah. 1-1. Just the second in 30 all-time matches between the two. crazy. Right? BYU leads the overall series 21-7. to and now the two ties. But while it's nice to have historical domination against your rivalry, the current BYU team still searching for win number one. They hope it's today against Oregon State on BYU Radio and the Pac-12 Network. Take that, Nyborg. And number 10 women's volleyball swept Nevada Friday, then lost their first match of the season to the Baylor Bears in five sets Saturday in Hawaii. So the quest for perfection for the women's volleyball team Gone. Now, I looked it up, Jerem, just because I know you love top 25 polls. Yeah, yeah. And Baylor no, is number 35 oh, in, in the, the top, top 25. 25 poll. Oh, that's funny how that works. <laughs> I that's That'll change. The in fact, 25. I wonder if Baylor will actually hop into the actual top 25. Well, they beat a top 10 After team. beating number 10 BYU. Yeah. <sighs> it's okay. Eight and one. Not a bad start oh, for the, oh, for the ladies. Rise and shout, my friends. Time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Do you feel lucky? Well, do you? Punk. Okay. We've had all weekend to process what happened between BYU and Utah, individually, collectively, on social media. And guess what? In typical fashion... You see some good things. It's not as bad as you think it was. Nor is it as good as you think it was. Wait, no one thinks it was good. Nobody thinks it was good <laughs> except for Utah fans. And yeah. even then, Utah fans are like, 11 penalties, couldn't score on BYU the red zone. This is pathetic. But BYU is even more pathetic. I mean, that's, that's the sentiment coming like from the, the other side. I like the voice of the Utah fan. I should probably be more annoying with that, shouldn't I? <laughs> I'll work on that. <laughs> The point is, BYU did some good things, they did some bad things, and then there are just ugly matters in the rivalry game. Like, ugh, the two plays that I cannot get out of my I watched them over and over and over again over the weekend, and I was like, what am I doing? Why yeah, am, what I, are why you am doing? I doing this? The Jonah Trineman almost kickoff return for a touchdown. Mitch Wishnowski clips his ankles. That's going to be seven for BYU, or six. And depending the, on it, it's, can BYU stop going for two against Utah? Yeah, don't chase points early, right? Chase it when it's on the line for the win on the road. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the second play, the successful touchdown grab from Tanner Mangum to Talon Shumway. Alevi Hippos called for an illegal pick, offensive pass Which interference. Which it was absolutely that. And it, the thing is, it wasn't necessary. Yeah, I don't know why Aleva Hifo runs into the cornerback. I, all he has to do is turn, and David Nixon made a great point. He goes, just turn and look for the ball and just stick your butt out a little bit. You just have to get in the way without blatantly yes. getting in the way. Yeah, there no, yeah, there's no screens like in basketball and football. So Utah got called for it as well, which probably wasn't a I good call. Uh, yeah, I don't think. Uh, BYU got bailed out on that. I agree with you. I agree with you. I don't yeah. know. So, yeah, th- th- those two plays, I'm like, oh, that, I mean, that hurts. You can ID. No game comes down to one play, honestly. You can win or lose on a series of plays earlier. Hey, the right? good, Jaron. BYU scored two touchdowns against Utah. More touchdowns than Utah scored. Yeah. The bad, BYU it, lost. BYU's red zone defense is really good. Absolutely. LSU wasn't able to get into the end zone as easily as maybe they thought, uh, you know, but it didn't. It mattereth not. They lost 27 nothing. In this game... The BYU defense in back-to-back years has held Utah to 20 and 19 points and lost. Bronco Mendenhall's thing about 24 points, get to 24, you, you win a lot of the time. He's right, man. Look at the last two. The BYU offense was better than it was against LSU, but I wouldn't call it good. And Tanner Mangum, by the way, rolled his left ankle on the last play of the game. So he, I'm thinking he's going to be okay for Saturday. BYU doesn't talk about injuries, so we'll just have to see him come out Saturday. I rolled my ankle last week playing basketball. <gasps> I was fine a couple days later. And I, okay. I don't know the degree to which Tanner Mang- like it wasn't a sprain. That's the good news. So, so here here comes here comes Wisconsin bearing down in BYU, and we'll turn the page in a couple oh, days. Yeah. No, not yet. Top ten team in town, and BYU has some things to certainly work on. BYU facing Wisconsin, and Jaron mentioned we will turn the page. Not yet. What we will. I we will mire op- in this for a few days. We'll open the cover with Wisconsin with, Wisconsin, with ESPN's Trevor Maddich and ask him his thoughts initially about how BYU stacks up against a top-10 team. But first, we want to know what you think, BYU Sports Nation. Jeremy and I have given you some of the good things that we thought BYU did, and we will give you some more, the bad and the ugly as well. Answer today's Twitter question. What is your good, bad, and ugly from BYU's loss on Saturday? At Twig Your Stone. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Good. Defense. Some form of running game. BYU only got 63 yards. I don't know. Bad. Dropping catchable balls. Ugly. Losing number seven. The streak needs to end. Use the hashtag BYUSN and weigh in. BYU's offense has struggled to score in an unprecedented way since a very, very long time ago. Oh, man. And that is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The last time BYU scored 33 or fewer points, they have 33, see, in the first three games was 1974, which, oddly enough, is BYU's first bowl game year. They went to the Fiesta Bowl with your boy, Gary Scheide, who later won the Sammy Baugh Trophy. Brian Billick played on that team. We will talk with Brian Billick later this week. They struggled, and then they won the whack. They went on a nice little run, including a tie in there, 7-4-1, I believe. Here's the reality. Fans want success right now. Because it's not just fans. It's the it's team. Everybody. It's, it's everybody. It's well, us. Yeah. You don't e- think the e- team does? No, 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 no. Okay. Everybody okay. wants success. I guess what I'm getting at is BYU's not playing in the WAC anymore. They're not playing in the Mountain West Conference anymore. By choice. By choice. Yet a standard that has been in place for years 
like that becomes the expectation. So you move up a level on competition, but everybody still wants to be ranked and win 10 games a season. And that has not been the case for BYU in now six-plus yeah. years of independence. Yeah, BYU's an eight-and-a-half-win team in independence. It is what it is. They're harder playing, schedule. They're playing harder schedules. Constitutes By design, wins. you have an honor code in 2017. So certainly a certain, you know, you're getting a certain type of guy. The talent is there. BYU has talented players. I, great discussion with David Nixon and Brian Logan about that very thing. Like, is there a talent disparity with Utah? I think in a certain area there is, which we'll get to tomorrow on the show. Uh, but I think BYU was talented enough in this game to make plays and win it. Absolutely. Unfortunately, three interceptions, two of which are inside the 20 or 30, a few untimely drops, although they don't cost you the game. You know what costs you the game? The inability to move the chains consistently costs you the game. Playing from behind costs you the game in back-to-back years in this rivalry. BYU, now 1-2 and two on the season. They've done that a few times before and bounced back to their credit. But is this Including the year? last year, 1-3, and three, they go 9-3. They 1-3 last year. They yeah. went 8-9, of 7-8. Yeah, so BYU facing a similar task, only this time number 10-ranked Wisconsin is coming to Provo oh, by for the way, number 4. At Mississippi State. Boise State lost in triple overtime to Washington State, by the way. Crazy game. Boise State was up 21 in the fourth. (sighs) Let's go back to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. What is your good, bad, and ugly from BYU's loss to Utah on Saturday at CL underscore living? Good. BYU scored. That's good. Bad. Utah scored more. Ugly. It's Wisconsin next. Well, cogitated. Coming up, was there any good from Saturday? We'll discuss some more. What do you think? I I, I know that we're giving you our thoughts, but what do you really think? Yeah. And ESPN's Trevor Maddich back for another Maddich Monday. What's the impact of the loss to Utah, and how does BYU match up with the Badgers? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation happening right now on the Twitter machine. Follow at BYU Sports Nation, 21,000 and change and growing. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Super Tuesday, every Tuesday. It's going to be awesome. Uh, 6 Eastern time starts with BYU Sports Nation. After further review as uh, David, Brian, Blaine, and Dave break down the Utah game, get ready for Wisconsin. And then BYU football with Kalani Satake. The coach is in studio for an hour, takes your questions using the hashtag Satake Show. Butch Pau expected to be the player guest Tuesday night. It's Super Tuesday starting tomorrow at 6 Eastern. Our Twitter question today, what is your good, bad, and ugly from BYU's Saturday night loss to their rival Utah? Hashtag BYUSN. At LaserSheep tweets in, good, BYU defense deals with what it is given. Bad. Lack of sustained drives. Ugly. Dropped passes. Hashtag beat the Badgers. Yeah, even if BYU catches those one or both of those passes in the last drive, it doesn't mean BYU is even crossing midfield per se. So I, don't, I, I flushed those out. Yeah, it's disappointing because, because of what has happened in the past with Tanner Mangum. You just assume, okay, BYU is going to at least be in a position to throw a Hail Mary on the last play. And they didn't even get that opportunity. So it's like, ah! BYU went three and out. Yeah. Too many times. Like, the Jonah Trenman, Jonah Trenman runs into midfield three and out. That was your best field position. Well, and that goes along Besides with. Besides the turnover from Fred Warner and, and Troy Warner. At, at Laser Sheep's bad. Lack of sustained drives. Yep. It's time we invite national champion college football winner. 
ESPN College Football Insider and a friend of the program, Trevor Maddich, back on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. It is Maddich Monday. Trevor, what are your initial reactions to the latest edition of the BYU-Utah rivalry game? Well, initial reaction is that BYU's offensive and defensive units are moving in opposite directions again. The defense, I thought, did a lot of things to be proud of. The offense isn't getting any better. And it's it's a huge frustration to see such a great defensive effort squandered like that, especially in a rivalry game. Utah won that game because they had positive contributions from both offense and defense. BYU lost it because they were a one-legged stool. And I hate sitting on a one-legged stool. Uh, the BYU defense is showing well. That's, that's part of the good, I guess, in this conversation. And, uh, even against LSU in the red zone, uh, solid Utah forced to kick four field goals, although they did make them. Uh, what, what do you think of the BYU defense so far through the first three games? The BYU defense is starting to, to reveal their identity, aren't they? They'll give up some yards, but they tighten down in the red zone. You talked about that red zone performance against LSU with no help at all from their own offense to give them some rest and chew up some clock. BYU's defense gave up yards and points to LSU, but there were four times that LSU got inside the red zone that BYU kept them from scoring a touchdown. Three field goal attempts and then a turnover on downs. The Utah offense uh, only scored one touchdown, and that came on a short field after a, a BYU offensive turnover. So this BYU defense is phenomenal when you get down into crunch time inside the red zone. They were, they were courageous, and it's all the more courageous for them after taking the beating that they took, the physical pounding against LSU. And then have to face a physical Utah team the following week, and the BYU defense did not wilt. They rose up and did the job. Trevor Maddich of ESPN with us on BYU Sports Nation. Right now, where do you see the biggest difference on the field between BYU and Utah? Well, the biggest difference is Utah has got a quarterback that makes plays. Now, that sounds ugly, but the, the facts are the facts. The tape doesn't lie. Now, I'm not blaming Tanner Mangum for all of that. They could be some of it just the newer scheme. Some of it is the defense that he faced. Some of it is the people around him. But overall, the production from the quarterback position from Utah and Tyler Huntley was phenomenal. He made plays with his arm. He made plays with his legs. Uh, and if you take a look at ESPN's quarterback rating, it, it's not just a passer rating. It's a, it's a rating that goes into what you do and when you do it as a quarterback, uh, both with your arm and running. So if you take a sack, that's bad. If you take a sack on third down, that's worse. You know, if you throw an interception on first down, that's bad. If you throw an interception deep in your own territory that's returned for a touchdown, that's worse. So quarterback rating. 100 is perfect. 50 is average. Utah, Tyler Huntley, was 67 quarterback rating, 67. So it was above average a winning performance. Tyler Man- or Tanner Mangum was 13 out of a potential 100, 13. And well, that's the biggest difference right now between Utah and BYU. Uh, the, the switch has been flipped, and the better quarterback production, for whatever reason, is happening up north. Okay, Trevor, so should BYU try and simplify things and put – Tanner Mangum in the shotgun and go three to four wide and uh, kind of abandon what they had done previously because it isn't really working. Or, in the words of Kalani Satake, we found our running back, Ula Tolutau, five carries for 25 yards. Kind of low volume, 
there, but should BYU insert Ula? Tolotel is the main guy, and then kind of stick with the offense and see where it goes. Well, the offense works. At the same time, there are wrinkles that can be done that, that would help the players that are there. Tanner Mangum, if he, if he would do better from the shotgun, you've got to ask yourself if the rest of the offense, in other words, the running offense, would be as good to complement him uh, from the shotgun. Typically, when you've got a quarterback under center, there's more things you can do with the running game, and that should complement the strength of this offense, which is the offensive line, which is a very good offensive line. It's, it's not as good as it will be in a month, but it's still very good. And Ula Tolutown is a guy that they really want to break out and be the featured workhorse running back. The problem is he's been dinged up in the summer, you know, but he's, he's a big guy. And if they can ease him in so that they don't give him, you know, 25 carries and get him beat up against Wisconsin to have a setback, then I think he's the guy they really want to, to take the bull by the horns and be that guy. At the same time, though, the passing game has got to keep – the safety's away from the line of scrimmage. The passing game has to be a threat. And one of the things that, that, that well, people want to point the finger at Ty Detmer, the offensive coordinator, and say you just need to, to switch up the system. Actually, no, the system is fine. There are receivers that are open. There are plays that are there to be made. And the players right now just are not making the plays that are there, much less enforcing their will when plays are not there to be made and having success anyway. BYU chooses to play a very tough schedule. Athletic Director Tom Homo has said, we'll play anyone, anywhere, anytime. That means it's going to be tough sometimes. Wisconsin's bearing down on BYU. How much of what we've seen from BYU has something to do with how tough LSU and Utah are? I think that's a lot of it. When you look at defense, you see BYU's defense performing well, but it's easier for defense to perform well early because defense is about destruction. Offense is about building, and it's harder to build than it is to destroy. So they come into the opener against Portland State, BYU's offense, and they, they were disjointed, out of whack, and didn't look good. But it was the opener, okay? So, so a lot of teams struggled in the opener offensively to look smooth this year. But then you've got the defenses of LSU and Utah, and they are legitimate, outstanding defenses. I mean, LSU, I think as we see the season go on, we'll see is one of the best teams in the country. Utah is, is their solid self, you know, with a good, solid, strong defense that doesn't give you much. You have to kind of go take it. And so I think a lot of that is because of the nature of the opponents that they played and when they played them. You know, they, they got one um, tune-up game, and then all of a sudden, bam, they're playing some of the best teams in the country. And then they get a third one in a row with Wisconsin. So uh, in fairness to BYU and their offense, you know, it, it's hard to judge them now based on what they will be over the body of the season because of the quality of the players that they're playing in September. On the idea of, okay, just be patient and wait, it's a work in progress, trust the process, all of that stuff, the apologists, if you will, where do you sit in that spectrum compared to, hey, we want to see wins now, change now, it needs to be better now? I want to see improvement now. Sometimes wins don't come with improvement, depending on the, the nature of the stretch of the schedule that you're in. But I want to see improvement. And I'm seeing Bushman, Matt Bushman, improve. I'm seeing Talon Shumway make some plays. I'm seeing Ula Tolutau start to rise up and kind of, kind of get his feet under him as a young player. I'm seeing these things happen. But overall, uh, the improvement on offense is glacial. It's just glacial. But I'm not ready to, to pull the panic button or to give them a pass. One of the things that we said at the beginning of the season was that, that you know, we talked about Tanner Mangum. 
And I said that I don't know how good of a quarterback he will be in this system. This is a rhythm-passing system that requires the quarterback not just to drop back, see somebody at the goal line, throw the ball as high and far as he can, and, and pray that a big, tall receiver can come down with it. That's kind of what happened in the Hail Marys from a couple of years ago. Uh, Mangum put the ball in the right spot, the receivers made the plays, and that's a good thing. This offense is different, though. This offense requires the quarterback to decode the defense during his drop. When he gets to the back of his drop and puts his back foot into the ground and then hitches forward, he has to know where to throw the ball. He's got to get it out to the right spot at the right time, even though the receiver is not there yet, and trust the receiver to get there. I didn't know how good Tanner Mangum was at that because I haven't seen him do it. He hasn't been asked to do it until this year to this degree. And he still hasn't shown, I think, the best of what he can do with that. Whether it's him, whether it's the defenses, whether it's the receivers not being trusted enough to get to the right spot enough, Tanner Mangum is still dropping back, looking for an open guy, and then throwing it to that guy. And that's not the way this offense works. That's why I'm thinking that, you know, ultimately long term, I'm reluctant to judge them as being incapable or ready to go until we see them against defenses that are more their size, their own size offensively right now, so that we can have more of a fair fight. Right now it seems like the the last two defenses they've faced have been superior to what the BYU offense has been able to put on the field in the month of September. Well, it doesn't look fair this week, and then there'll be a bye week. And then there's Utah State, so maybe that's the week. Uh, Wisconsin comes in as a top-10 team. They dropped a spot in the AP poll that came out just a few minutes ago. So number 10, Wisconsin. They're, they can always run the rock. Bradrick Shaw hurts his uh, right leg against Utah State. So what does Jonathan Taylor do uh, against Florida Atlantic? He runs for 223 yards and three touchdowns. Running back you, always tough in the trenches. How do you feel BYU matches up with the Badgers? I think it'll, it'll look an awful lot like LSU from the defensive standpoint, from BYU's defense. I mean, LSU's got more fast guys on the perimeter that can make plays. But Wisconsin, in terms of the big offensive line and the running backs coming downhill, will feel a lot to BYU's defense like LSU did. They will be able Uh-oh. to stack the boxes. They will be able to stack the box a little better, though, because the passing game of Wisconsin isn't nearly as dangerous as LSU's passing game has been early this season. So that's a good thing. Defensively, BYU's offense will find a few similarities as well. Wisconsin's defense is not as fast as LSU's by any stretch, but their defensive line returns all three starters from last year, and assuming that they're healthy now coming into game three for them, then this will be a really stout defensive line that BYU will have to deal with. I think Wisconsin is one of the best combinations, offensive and defensive lines, in the nation. And so this will be, a, this will be another trenches game this will be another game that if BYU is to win it, it'll be up to the passing game to be the primary driver of yards and points and let the running game complement that because this will be a tough team to run on if you can't throw. Trevor, great stuff. Follow him on Twitter at T Maddich. Maddich Mondays never disappoint. We appreciate the insight and for calling it how it is. Thanks, Trevor. Yep, thanks guys. I'll always tell you I'll always tell you what I think is uh what I think is the truth, and I'll always try to be fair. And sometimes people don't like that. But, you know, at the end of it all, if I feel like I'm fair, I think I'm doing, I'm doing the right thing for the fans. Could not agree more. Thanks, Trevor. Thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Look, sometimes you just can't like Kalani Satake.
mince words. You just got to go right at the issue at hand, right? I prefer to be uncomfortable sometimes. It's uncomfortable as it is in the moment. It's, I think it's better and fair to the situation. I need a bunch of yes men around me. I want to know what's really going on. Yeah, I think that's fair. How will fair to the situation? Yes. How will Tanner Mangum respond? He's got to respond. And guess what? Wisconsin is really tough. Guess who chose this schedule? BYU. BYU chose this schedule. So BYU's got to, and and they will man up. Face up with Wisconsin and see where you're at. BYU's going to be an underdog in this game. It's at home. Let's play it and see what happens. What was your good, bad, and ugly from the BYU-Utah game on Saturday night? At Zach Dutson. Good. Found a running back. Bad. Another year of harassment. Ugly. Is this what it felt like to be (laughs) a Utah Ute during the 70s, 80s, and mid-90s? BYU won 15 of 16 at one point. Nine and then then, uh, seven. Was it a rivalry then, Jerem? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Coming up, biggest difference, BYU-Utah and good, bad, and ugly. Good's coming up next. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Tecano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the ordinary. Welcome back on a Monday. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. Just spoke with ESPN's Trevor Maddich. And you might not like what he had to say. But I think most of you, whether you like it or not, he's very fair to the situation. Who cares whether you like it or not? It just is what it is. BYU's offense is struggling. Tyler Huntley was better than Tanner. Like, who cares if you like it? Yeah. <laughs> it's what it is. Yeah. Hey, Facebook Live uh, today, you got to check this out on the BYU football page uh, at 12.50, so Eastern time. So during our show in 17 minutes, the Monday morning press conference begins for BYU football. So if you want to hear what the guys – uh, Kalani Sitake and a few players are saying that's coming up uh, the last 10 minutes of our show. So you could, you could uh, you know, watch on uh, TV or listen. Then you can uh, pull up the Facebook live stream if you uh, so choose. Recapping our headlines today. The streak continues for the University of Utah. They beat BYU 19-13, seventh consecutive win in the rivalry showdown. Last time BYU beat Utah, 2009. If the Cougars want to change that, they'll have to do it on the road. Final game of the season next year in Salt Lake City. And Kalani Stake had this to say about uh, about the offense in the matchup. It was uh, not good enough, and and obviously I'm not happy about it. And, and uh, I'm going to fix it. You know, so that's that's what I have to do. We owe it to our players and our team and our fans to fix this the issues that we're having on offense. Cougars in the NFL. Jamal Williams had two carries for nine yards in a 17-9 Green Bay Packers win over my Seattle Seahawks. Ziggy Ansah recorded a tackle in a Detroit Lions victory over the Arizona Cardinals. Kyle Van Noy is getting paid. Received a two-year contract extension from the Evil Empire New England Patriots through the 2019 season. <laughs> the Patriots are the football edition of the Evil Empire. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> BYU women's soccer still searching for win number one on the season. 1-1 tie. In a very hard-fought game with Utah Friday night at Southfield, the Cougars can get win number one tonight at 8 Eastern when they play in Corvallis at Oregon State. Listen live on BYU Radio. Watch it on the Pac-12 Network. And 10th-ranked women's volleyball swept Nevada Friday, then lost to Baylor in five sets Saturday in Hawaii. 8-1 on the season. The quest for perfection has ended, but the BYU women's volleyball team is having an excellent start to the season. Another talented group.
Hey, don't sleep on number 35 Baylor in the top Get 25. Get out of here. Okay. They're better than their football team. It was 0-2. <laughs> oh, Lost to Liberty and UTSA. Yeah, the Flames are on BYU's schedule next year, the right? Flames. That's the awesome. Liberty Flames. Love it. Okay, we have talked a lot about things that didn't go well for BYU. As we should. BYU lost 19-13 to Utah. It's the good, the bad, and the ugly. We have looked at the bad and the ugly, as have the BYU coaches. I'm sure ad nauseum. What about the good? Let's shine the spotlight back on. Was there any the question good. mark? And that's a very like knee-jerk s- question. I like right? saying my punctuation. There was nothing verbally. good. Oh my goodness! Exclamation point. <laughs> what was the best thing you saw from BYU on Saturday night? Some fight, some juice, some energy. I thought The Rock really brought it. Oh, man. I, so I, I do my Facebook Live as I walk from the building to the stadium to meet with you guys before. Unbelievable from The Rock. You know what else was good? Catching Utes literally red-handed who defaced the Cougar. Yeah, that was good. Good catching them literally red-handed. The idiots came back <laughs> to look at their doings and got caught. Let's go admire what we did. If only BYU can get those guys in the secondary. Oh. <laughs> that was good. I thought Jonah Trenemans, uh run back was good. Unfortunately, got clipped the last second. Otherwise, he's taken it to the house. Oh, by the way, Jonah Trenemans told us, hey, I think I'm going to break one this week. Oh. And I was like, there's the one. Ula Tolotel, limited action, five carries, 25 yards. He was good. Why does he not get a carry in the first half? Why does or he have only one, one carry, carry after that? After the good run of play. I'm really confused by that. They must have been the greatest 25 yards of all time. What included a touchdown. Because Kalani Satake (laughs) was very excited about it and said, we found our running back. Listen to this. You know, so lining is that we found a running back that we, I mean, we kind of knew what he was going to be about anyways, but I think that, I think we had five rushes, but he's a load. You know, he's a big guy, and uh, there's a reason why Wisconsin signed him out of high school. Now, there is... To Did someone have a typewriter in there? Yeah. Did you hear that? Oh, dang it. Where's my whiteout? <laughs> Listen, Ula Tolutau has not been healthy for the last few weeks. And so I know there are some of you out there like, Was he not healthy after that series? Why too? didn't he play earlier? <laughs> How come he wasn't running the ball against LSU and more? He had one carry against Portland State. They're trying to ease him in and make sure that he is healthy and 100%. I tell you what, he, he looked 100% on Saturday night. He played a, hun- a hundy. Yeah. I mean, it, so he looked 100. I would imagine that there will be a lot of Ula Tolutau on Saturday against Wisconsin. Yes, please. Because had Gary Anderson stayed at Wisconsin, he would have been running against BYU this year. Instead, BYU has Ula Tolutau. Wisconsin's not exactly hurting for running backs either. Yeah. <laughs> Real question we had. Is Wisconsin running back you? Yeah, dude. Yep. S- seven guys drafted in the NFL in the last 20 years at the running back position. Seven. BYU has, what, three? Yeah, that's Mal really... Williams, Fui, Vakapuna, Luke Staley? Well, not just guys from Wisconsin. Like, guys. Melvin Monte Gordon. Ball. James White. Monte Ball. Ron, Ron Dane. Dane. Like, is there a greater running <laughs> university? <laughs> Ula Tolotel has some of the Ron Dane qualities, right? Yes, yes, he do. Our Twitter question today. What are your good, bad, and ugly from the BYU-Utah game on Saturday night? 
at Dalinar. Good. Strong running by Ula Tolotel. Bad. Dropped passes. Ugly. Seven losses in a row to that team up north. Coming up, which Cougars in the NFL got some run in week one. Plus, Fantasy Friday results. I know why you didn't wear black today. That's the real reason. Is that why? I didn't realize that. And the difference no one's talking about in the rivalry. Don't miss it. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, live from Studio B on a Monday. Your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play continues on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Thank you to all of you who set your DVRs and record BYU Sports Nation not once, but twice a day. There are people that do that, to which I say... What are you doing? Wow, that's amazing. Thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> Coordinator's Corner is on BYU Ready. This is one of the most underrated programs that we have here. Okay, You're going to hear from the coordinators. Today, you are hosting, and Correct. who is on today? Uh, it is Ed Lamb and Ty Detmer, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So it's live from JCW's in Provo. If you're local, you want to go hang out, you want to get Spencer's autograph, nope. that is the place nope. to go. 2 Eastern time on BYU Radio and the app. Okay, It's a fantastic Look into what's going on, okay? It's not the head coach. It's the coordinators, and it's a very good show. Check it out. Yeah, as a matter of fact, if you would like to ask the coordinators some questions. And I did last week. You can do that. You've read both of my questions on the air. With the hashtag CCBYU. Also, you can tweet at Jerem and myself and at BYU Sports Nation if you want to have those questions looked at before I go and do those interviews with the coordinators. You want answers, right? Everybody wants answers, especially after what has happened against LSU and Utah. In fact, Ty Detmer last week, in his good nature, said, yeah, I imagine. No, I need, I'm going to tell you what he said, and I want you okay, to say okay, back okay, to okay, me. Okay, okay, okay. Right. I, I imagine a few people have some questions. I imagine a few people have some questions, Spencer. <laughs> and yes, yes, Ula Tolatow will run the single wing for us this week against Wisconsin. <laughs> Jamal... Did after that game? Did I wish I was hunting? Maybe. So good, <laughs> so good. <laughs> the BYU offense, <laughs> the Ty Detmer impersonation. Our Twitter question today: What are your good, bad, and ugly from the BYU Utah rivalry game on Saturday night? Utah wins nineteen thirteen at eighty six. WI Coog, Wisconsin Coog, right? Oh, oh, good. Red zone defense. Yes, yes, yes. It's good. BYU's red zone defense was good against LSU too. Limits, you three first half field goals. Three, it was nine to nothing at halftime. Yeah, nine to nothing. Like the defense, BYU hasn't had a, a scoreless streak of what, what? What was it? Ten quarters, nine quarters, something like that. Like that since nineteen seventy five. Well, and they Where haven't scored this few points since nineteen seventy four through the first three games. Yeah, trending in the wrong way. Okay. Yeah. So the good red zone defense and limiting Utah to three first-half field goals. Bad. Defense gave up a lot of yards. I don't, do you feel like 443 or whatever is a ton? I feel like that's pretty average in really, today's college football game. I mean, I care about the yards, but I points. care about points more. And when you only allow 19, you got to win. You can, you can move At the home? ball all you want between the 20s. Don't care. You can manage points. That's where it matters you most. You know what that game was? You, Yesterday, that yes, two days ago, BYU didn't play on Sunday. UCLA last year, the offense was not good enough. Late score to make it interesting. Oh, hey, maybe they might. Nope. Yeah, they, 
BYU had a better chance to beat Utah than they did UCLA last year because yeah, yeah. the touchdown against UCLA didn't come until under two minutes to play. And then onside kick, you don't get it. And the BYU game's over. Had yeah, the BYU ball. had the ball with a chance to drive the field and win insane. the game. Which is insane given how poorly the offense had played. But the defense, I'm telling you, defense doesn't win you games unless they score. Like Kyle Vanoy beat Ole Miss, okay, in 2011. The defense keeps you in the game. The defense kept BYU in the game. 86 WIQ continues. Okay, so the defense gave up a lot of yards. Let freshman quarterback, not a freshman, he's a sophomore, look like an All-American. We're talking about the Gatorade. Well, he's a sophomore. High yeah. school. Yeah, I said yeah. sophomore. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Gatorade High School Player of the Year in the state of Florida two years ago. Utah's getting that guy now? They have him. He's the quarterback right now. And he said the ugly offense. Ugly, ugly, ugly. But there were moments. There were moments. Sustained drives. BYU managed to put together two touchdowns. Okay, so it's not all ugly. Yes, I understand the frustration, but it's not all ugly when you review the whole thing. Uh, Something that personally I feel is really ugly are the results of Fantasy Friday. It's Fantasy Friday on BYU Sports Nation. I could be like Mike. Okay, Jerem. How'd you do with your BYU defense pick? I got 11 points. Uh, three tackles for loss equals three points. I get one point for each of those. I would have won last week had we had that in uh, play. <laughs> Two fumble recoveries. Takeaways. Takeaways matter. Okay, so I got four points for each. Those are equal to a touchdown from your boy, uh, Tanner Mangum. So I got 11 points. <sighs> Yeah, see, I picked Tanner Mangum. 170 passing yards worth six points on our scoring scale. One passing touchdown to trade I late, four points. So that's up to 10. Hey, within one, but three interceptions. Minus two for each of those interceptions gives Tanner a total of four points. Now, does the defense need – okay, so I won. It's two to one now. You're up two one, okay? Uh, Hooray! Now, does the – It's a rivalry question, again. Oh, my gosh. Question for the future. Question for the future. Uh, does – the defense need a negative thing. Like if they give up over 30 points or something, they give up a 50-plus yard play. Do we need to create – like, do you feel me on that? Yeah. Let's make an addendum to it. We yeah, added, we'll we it added some yeah, points scoring yeah. for the defense last week. Yeah. We, didn't, we didn't think through this enough during the season, so let's do it on the air. Now, right here's now. the thing. <laughs> I don't – how many teams will BYU face where this defense is in a position to give up 30? Mississippi State? Boise State, Wisconsin, right? The Furious Five. The Furious Five. There's not another team that I see going over 30. Over 30, yeah. Although I didn't see Toledo with its 55 points last year either. Well, look look at what they put in the NFL. Kareem Hunt. Pretty stinking good. Your Kansas City Chiefs, says Jason Shepard. Pretty stinking good. Okay. You won Fantasy Friday. Now let's get to the things that really matter, (laughs) Jerem. Okay. And that is... There is a difference in this game that nobody is talking about. BYU-Utah, the angle that, as far as I know right now, I haven't seen anywhere else discuss this except right here, and that is the kicking game, specifically special teams play. Yes, to me, to me, special teams was the difference because there are four field goals made. Mitch Wishnowski was is fantastic. The Ray guy, he he it. is the best punter in the country. He's so good, and he made the tackle on Jonah Trinneman too. By oh. the way, that adds into this. To me, the special teams was the main difference 
in the game. It wasn't Tanner Mangum's three picks. BYU offset that a little bit by two plus territory uh, takeaways. Okay, opportunistic. Yes, was the BYU defense. You're minus one. That's not crazy. You were plus three in loss last year. You were minus one this time. Now, to me, the special teams was the difference in this game. BYU misses the field goal. BYU has to go for two because they're down 16 at this point because they weren't on the board. That cost you. Matt special Gay. teams was the difference. Matt Gay, as a Utah walk-on kicker, former Utah Valley soccer player. An Orem High School guy. Seven for seven in his collegiate field goal kicking, including a 49-yarder. Against North Dakota. Comes in, promptly nails four field goals, and none of them were even close to not being. I mean, they were all just like down the middle, down the middle, down the middle. Unfortunately, BYU's chip shot field goal didn't go in. Goes wide left. But it should have. <laughs> Hifo can't pick on that play. Those, it those, shouldn't have even been a field goal. Those aren't, those aren't little things. Those are big things. Okay? Because then BYU has to chase points. Then BYU's in a hurry, playing from behind the whole game. This is not a formula for success. Okay, you want to talk about, well, a lot of people don't want to talk about it, but it is what it is. Talent disparity, okay, between Power 5, Pac-12 Utah, and BYU. Special teams, Jerem. That's, that's one where Utah, Utah has been fantastic. And is good year in and year out with their kicking game. And there's another part where I think Utah is better than BYU on its team and has been for a couple of years now. I'm going to bring that up tomorrow in our discussion of, of potentially, potential discussion of the gap between BYU and Utah. How big is it? Where is it? How does BYU make it up? Will BYU make it up with Kalani Stocky as head coach now? I think it's going to be an interesting conversation. This is not to say BYU can't get better, but as it stands right now, like Utah's kicking game... One of the premier kicking games And in the when country. the games are always close, guess what it comes down to? Kicking the ball. Whether it's at the end or earlier. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, Cougars in the NFL that made an impact, plus Jacob Hanneman makes his Major League debut. Yeah, baby. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guest, Trevor Maddich of ESPN. Real talk on Maddich Monday after BYU-Utah. What he thinks about the current status of BYU football and how does BYU match up with Wisconsin, who comes to Provo as the number 10 team in the country. Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up this week, Blaine Fowler between the lines with Lauren Frank and Gregor Bell, Brian Billick, and Dennis Pitta. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Utah beat BYU 19-13. Next. Cougars in the NFL. <laughs> that was uh, summarized. <laughs> Jamal Williams had two carries for nine yards, including a first down run. 17-9 victory for the Green Bay Packers over that team in the Northwest. <laughs> Jerem didn't erase it in time. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Ziggy Ansah had one tackle and a Detroit Lions win over the Arizona Cardinals. Kyle Van Noy. Signed a two-year contract extension from the New England Patriots. Ironically, the day after the Kansas City Chiefs took it to them in Foxborough. Soccer. The women's team still looking for a win after a 1-1 tie with Utah Friday night. The Cougars play tonight, 8 Eastern at Oregon State. Take that, Nyborg, on BYU Radio and the Pac-12 Network. Volleyball. Number 10 BYU women's volleyball swept Nevada Friday, then lost to Baylor in five sets Saturday in Hawaii. They're 8-1. 
Cougars in the Major League. Jacob Hanneman had his first at-bat in the Majors for my Seattle Mariners Saturday, flying out to right field. Golf. He's in the Majors, man. That's awesome. Third BYU Cougar in the Major Leagues. From this this season. season. That's pretty cool. BYU Women's Golf competing today at the Minnesota Mi- Minnesota Invitational. Can I do that? Is that okay? Yes, George Mikan, you can. Sorta, sorta. George Mikan, oh, Minneapolis Lakers. Yeah, dude. Nice reference. That's what's up, Tom Gugliotta. Also, I'm not sure that it's ironic that uh, Kyle Van Noy signed his contract. There's no irony. It's It's just just coincidental. Yeah, it's just coincidental. I think there's a Studio C skit about that. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, there is. funny. Yeah. I'd call myself out a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Also, uh, what is this, PTI now? We call out our uh, mishaps. Uh, (laughs) People came out yesterday. I said it came out recently. So recently meaning yesterday. Recently is yesterday. I thought it came out this morning. Hey, that still works, though. Yeah. That's better than coincidental have, and ironic. Do we have Stat Boy uh, <laughs> making the correct Tony Reality correct? Oh, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Dave Rose, live from the Annex. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health when you need the most. DexterLaw.com. Who deserves it on this very interesting Monday? The Rock deserves it because the students brought the juice, man. And they really helped at the beginning. They impacted the end, Utah they, they, a lot on those early yes, drives. Yes, the wow. rowdy, rowdy rock, as Kalani Fafita Sitake likes to say. Kalani, what's his full name again? I, I don't know. <laughs> he said it, it's like really long. I got to memorize it. I'll ask. What are your good, bad, and ugly from the BYU Utah game on Saturday night? Let's go to the Twitter machine. You've got tweets. In fact, let's go right to our elite tweet of the day. At BYU LASF Jazz. Good. BYU didn't get blown out. Bad. BYU didn't win. Ugly. Looking at Utah fans' faces while leaving Lavelle Edwards Stadium. <laughs> Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. The show is on demand on BYUSN.com. It just hurts. Yes, Audio sorry. podcast on iTunes. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Jim Reader. We're back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern. Check out the BOA Sports Facebook page for the press conference.